Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. Hey, Marianne. Nice to see you today. It's good to see you too. Thanks. It's going to be an interesting topic. We're going to talk about something that everybody deals with Mm -hmm. on different levels, and that's fear. Mm. Fear is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's something that requires some kind of ability to overcome. Mm, yeah. Chronic fear can happen, for example, over the course of a tornado-warned oh, storm. Yes. So we are recording this a couple of weeks before it's going to be aired. And last night, across Manitoba, mm-hmm. there were tornado warnings one after the other, and different parts of our province were in fear. Mm-hmm. And I felt that you know i did too i wasn't afraid of being dorothy but i was afraid of i mean we have just relandscaped our yard so i don't know how it handles water anymore and i was afraid of like different things that we have now in our backyard that are new and them going flying and hitting windows or i remember just walking through my backyard and then i remember waking up in the middle of the night and i'm hearing the rain and i didn't get back to sleep for a while i went downstairs and i was looking around and yeah, it I was felt something. The rumble. Mm. I felt the rumble in my room, the house shaking a little bit with some of the thunder. And I remembered this story about a tornado that was coming close to somebody's home and they felt the rumble and it sounded like a train mm. was coming closer and closer and they weren't anywhere near train tracks. They knew what it was. This particular story was of an elderly woman who was laying in her bed and she felt the fear and kept repeating, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And this tornado struck her home. Wow. Now this is something that is miraculous and this is in a public documented story about tornadoes. This is also in Ripley's Believe It or Not, these types of stories that seemed absolutely wild, but she was protected Mm. by her mattress. Oh. Her mattress actually curled around her. No way. Didn't kill her. Mm -hmm. But the rest of her house was destroyed. (laughs) Oh, wow. I just picture the rubble and a lady surrounded by a mattress in the middle of nothing. That's crazy. Crazy and beautiful and Mm. a reality. I remember going to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Okay. And there was a section of wild things that happened, like what happened at the end of a tornado. Okay, yes. One of the strangest was a live chicken in a milk jug. What? Yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not. That's hard to believe, Ripley's. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. It is true, though. These strange outlandish phenomenons yes god loved that chicken (laughs) yes (laughs) well i don't know he ended up in a milk bottle (laughs) i don't know maybe it wasn't his favorite i don't know (laughs) oh that's crazy and the reality of very strange events 
comes from places of danger and risk. <laughs> and so a lot of fear that doesn't mm, pertain to danger yes. and risk can be just as real. Very real. As that. Doesn't and, have to be a tornado, doesn't have to be a roof, right? Yeah. It can be something else. Yes. I think that fear is related to, for sure, physical incidences where this is a reality. This could be a reality for people who have dangerous jobs, maybe mm. adrenaline junkies, mm. and they like the fear. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think about the people who are tormented by mm -hmm. fear, mm -hmm. and that there's many things in their life that they are not able to expose themselves to. Mm, not yeah. just about climbing mm -hmm. a ladder, that they could never climb a ladder. Mm -hmm. Not just about what they might feel like they can't do. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it would be nice to hear some of those other side stories to imagine and mm. help people imagine to be able to learn some coping. Mm. Because there is a other side. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you hear stories of the other side enough Mm -hmm. And it helps you overcome. Yes. And so that was one of your mm -hmm. overcoming stories, really. Getting through. Yeah. Getting through stories, Getting for through sure. stories. That is very helpful mm. to people who are possibly suffering fear. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in elementary school, I had a friend who was a whiz on the monkey bars. <laughs> and she could climb up them like a bird she would fly to the top and then skid across and she was so confident and she would climb down the other side and these monkey bars had this not less than four foot gap and as an elementary school aged child the gap between the step and the top mm, yes they don't make them like that anymore oh, okay this is late 70s Mm -hmm. Maybe early 80s. Right. <laughs> yes. Playgrounds were not safe. Back when the risk was real. <laughs> yeah. So she had challenged me to do the same. And I thought, well, if she can do it. And I already knew that yeah, I had attempted this. Mm. I'd watched her do it. Many recesses. Pretty mm -hmm. sure this was halfway through the spring season already. We were into summer. And, and it was like, okay, now it's time. Mm. I'm going to do this shaking and in fear and terrified I did it mm. she explained to me she did the steps right in front of me she showed me exactly what she was doing so that I can follow her and I did it right just the same way and I thought well that's all I need to do is just follow her mm -hmm. and I sat up there feeling tall and scared and shaking but tall because <laughs> I was above, <laughs> way above. These are also way too high. Yes. Monkey bars. <laughs> they are significantly high off the ground. I think it was eight feet to nine feet tall, whereas monkey bars now, they're not like that. Mm -hmm. Not without a lot of other mechanisms around to be safe. And so I am here, and now she's like, okay. And the recess bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. Yeah. So you can come follow me down. Do it this way. I'll show you. And she showed me again and again. And again, and I couldn't follow her. Mm. And I was frozen at the top of the monkey bars, and she had to go get the teacher. And I sat there trembling, probably crying, and there was a teacher there. I finally jumped into the teacher's arms. Right. Because there was just no way. I wasn't yeah. climbing down. That was the relief. Never climbed up another set like that. <laughs> but I made it through. You made it through. Another through story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the terror lasted oh. a little while. Yes. 
<laughs> I did try monkey bars again in life, though. I shouldn't say I didn't. I just didn't try that one. Hmm. The ones that were closer to the ground had a few more runs. Ones that are reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Not so dangerous. Uh, oh, I, maybe that's even part of the trick. Mm, Not mm -hmm. biting off more than you can chew. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I deal with people who are trying to overcome anxieties all the time, and they will often do that. Sometimes people will come in. This is one of the biggest challenges. People will come in, and they feel shame around their anxiety, and they feel shame around having to take small steps. So they hate taking small steps. And so... I'm like, we have to do this little thing, we have to do this, and I try to break it down even smaller, which creates even more shame around, like, this is what I'm doing, like, I got into a car accident, I'm afraid of driving, and now you want me to sit down beside my car outside in a lawn chair, you know, like, this is the step. It's so shameful, so they don't want to do it. And so you go through this time, and you try these different things, but it's all too shameful, and then what'll happen is they'll often go and take the leap and do something too big, and it'll cause, like, a panic attack. They'll just try to drive. I'm just going to drive. That's it. It's been six months. I'm just going to drive. And so then they'll get behind the wheel and they'll try to drive and they'll have a panic attack, which maybe kind of is almost re-traumatizing. And now they feel shame around not wanting to take the small steps and they feel shame around having tried and failed. It can be hard. And it's so important to do the smaller monkey bars, you know, like to take those steps and to be okay with terror with terror like i'm afraid <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna work through this at a pace that my nervous system can withstand <laughs> you know it's funny because a couple weeks ago we were talking about liberating stress mm. liberating terror yes you know, no i think it's like okay so fear those types of fears are natural feelings mm. they are created by events, mm -hmm. scary events. Some of them aren't life-shattering and huge like a tornado, mm -hmm. but they're still things to yeah, recognize. That, that are very real. Yeah. Yes. Like social rejection. You're talking about things that aren't life-threatening. It can feel life-threatening. You know, when you feel like your friends reject you or you feel like people are talking about you or saying things about you and don't like you and be afraid to go out and talk to people there's all kinds of things fear of having the wrong sized body there can be fear of failure fear of having a bad grade or not being able to keep a job there's so many different things in life that can scare us that aren't actually life-threatening but can just be overwhelming it's interesting that you used body as an example because beauty is in the eye of the beholder mm. in this way where perhaps one body figure is quite lovely to mm -hmm. another person mm -hmm. who has the body figure you think you like better. Mm -hmm. They like yours better. Mm -hmm. And so there's eyes. Your eyes see your own mm -hmm. pain and your own experiences very differently maybe than somebody else would see them mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be as threatening mm -hmm. to another. Mm -hmm. And that's something to also realize that these feelings of trauma and terror in relation to either an event or you stepping mm -hmm. out and mm -hmm. being social, that those are feelings mm. that are causing a physical reaction mm -hmm. and that's your reality in the moment mm -hmm. but it will pass yeah. and somebody else's reality mm. is very different and they go oh, I would like to have their reality mm. I would like to have the way they see me mm. <laughs> or something yes <laughs> 
And I'd like to have their eyes for a day. <laughs> it's amazing how we can experience something that looks so different to other people. It's so individual to us. We can have this fear of something that looks wonderful to other people, like fear of rejection. Like you go up to somebody and you're asking them out and you get rejected, which maybe in your mind is like the worst experience that you could ever have. You don't want anybody to ever know as it's the most humiliating thing in the world. And then you have another person go up and they get rejected romantically by somebody and they think it's funny and they go and they tell their friends about it and everybody laughs about it and they're like oh my goodness haha look what happened to me and it actually makes them look more endearing because when you get rejected and you don't shrink back but you actually embrace it and are like hey this happened to me it actually makes you look confident wow you got rejected and you're still okay and you're like well I believe I'm okay even if I get rejected that's actually something that is appealing to people so one person can see being rejected as the worst thing in the world another person can see being rejected as a way of connecting with people a circumstance that brings you better relationships with people because it gives you a connecting point with the people around you and makes you even look confident if you can endure something like that and smile yeah we can learn from each other. Oh, so it's it's amazing how it can look so different, right, yeah. to other people. Yeah, we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. We can see and hear each other's stories and experiences and ways that we've coped and overcome and come to the other side and get stronger and grow ourselves and see it differently. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Something that I'm fascinated by is when we first started talking about this, we were talking about damaging and scary weather mm-hmm. that there are people that actually go chase mm. <laughs> yes. it's a rush mm-hmm. and it's invigorating mm-hmm. and they've learned about changes and things to watch for storms they'll stay far enough away mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they're going close yes they want to see it yes with their own eyes take photos tell people about it warn people about it Mm -hmm. i like weather people for that reason i mean there's many things that we don't like about weather people that's not right they're trying (laughs) (laughs) but then there's this side you know they're warning us that's very helpful very helpful warning is excellent yeah there's this idea that for one person it's a disaster another person it's exciting and that's one way to overcome your fear. One of the main ways is to go out and experience it. But another way is to just see it differently. Is to just kind of reimagine what's actually happening in that circumstance. And if you can see it differently, then you don't have to be afraid of it because it's not something threatening yes. anymore. Yeah. And that can be one of the easier ways of dealing with anxiety if you can do it because it doesn't involve as many roofs and monkey bars. It can just involve just imagining it in a different way i love that and that's important and great can add health for being a little bit of afraid because there were tornado warnings in manitoba last night Mm -hmm. and then i wake up this morning and i look at my nephew's social media and he's got pictures of himself sitting outside on his patio watching the storm enjoying (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so good i'm in my bed feeling the rumble yes afraid but he's watching it I have another one that's very common for people. People experience panic attacks. They have their heart racing, they're breathing really hard, and they come to me and they're like, Cyrus, is this a disorder? And I'm like, no, that's not a disorder. It's called a panic attack, and it can be part of a disorder. If you're afraid of the panic attack, it's a disorder. But if you're not afraid of it, it's a psychological experience. 
I mean, obviously you have to maybe check with your doctor to make sure you're okay and all of those things, but generally speaking, panic attacks aren't harmful. They're a natural body response, but people get very panicked about them. They feel like they're going to have a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. And of course, if you're having a heart attack, you don't want to mistake that, so go get checked. But maybe it's not a heart attack. Maybe it's a panic attack. And then I tell them, and it's like, well, this is something you can be afraid of, but it's also something that people pay for. People want panic attacks out there, and they're like, they look at me like, oh my goodness, people want panic attacks. And it's like, yeah, just go to an amusement park ride. People are paying good money to ride on a roller coaster and have very similar experiences. It's the same body response. You can go to a horror movie, or you can go to an action movie. You know, you can do all of these things. And it's an industry that people are making millions of dollars off of in order to provide people with a similar panic experience. Wow. <laughs> and you don't have to be afraid of it. And so if you can change the way that people see something, oftentimes, now it doesn't work for everybody. Some people are still, I walk out of my office kind of shaking their head at me that I would say something like that about such a horrible experience. But oftentimes it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to be afraid of this because I see it differently now. Wow, I see it differently now. For me, I remember being in a tornado. I was in a camp in the United States I was terrified at the rumbling and constantness of the lightning and the thunder. This was actually a Bible camp. Mm. And I was shaking vigorously in fear and crying. And the counselor had taken me into her bunk and she had a bottom bunk that she was sleeping in. She asked if I would feel more comfortable there. I said yes. Getting low to the ground felt like the right thing to do because there was a tornado warning. So she had taken me there and she had tucked me in and she began to read from her Bible to me. And I ended up falling asleep in this horrific storm. Mm. When we woke up, we walked outside and the first thing in front of me, anybody who was in that cabin will remember when we walked out, there was a giant tree that was ripped up from the ground right in front of our door. <laughs> the roots were sprawled out, taller than a giant man. Mm -hmm. Sprawled out in front of us, the tree was sucked out of the ground. Wow. Right at our door. What we noticed about the tree, is a really large tree, is that if we had two of us, mm -hmm. like 13, 14 year old kids that would come around the tree with our hands to hug it, we would barely reach each other's mm. hands, touching each other's hands if we were hugging from yeah. opposite sides. Wow. And so it was tremendous and fearful. Yeah. And we didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> Down at the lake, there was a crater that was the beach. Mm. So this crater was, well, your office here that I'm sitting in is about maybe 11 foot high roof about maybe 16, 17 mm -hmm. square feet. Sure, yeah. About that large or larger. Yeah. The beach was gone. Wow. It actually looked like a cone mm -hmm. in the beach, so we had known that that was also the events of a tornado that had just passed wow. by. The beach was not far from the boys' dorm. Yes. So they had seen, one of them had described actually seeing the beach with a bolt of lightning hitting it. So we had like three dump trucks come in with sand later on. But what I'm trying to get at, <laughs> the point of this was that that was a other side story. 
Mm. And that there was peace involved. I fell asleep in this storm. Yes. That I was able to be comforted wow. in the middle of it. Mm. And then also see that, hey, mm -hmm. you can go through something really scary yeah. and live. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that can really help people when they're experiencing something like this is to feel like they're protected. You know, to feel like, you know what, I can go through something, even if it's dangerous, I can be okay. And, you know, people have faith, and that's amazing. It's an amazing way to cope with fear is to feel like your life is in the hands of something that's greater than you and to feel like there's a purpose. Even when things sometimes go wrong, like things can be brought together to be part of a bigger plan. And that's just a beautiful way. It's a beautiful way to experience life and to go through it and to help you to tolerate the uncertainty, to tolerate the unknown of what's going to happen next. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Cyrus. Thank you, Marianne. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. You are very welcome to come and join Maplecrest Church services 10 a.m. Sunday mornings at the Park Theatre, 698 Osborne Street in Winnipeg. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose. Hate